Aaron O'Toole is trying to quash dissent and silence his critics. Now, his sycophants are telling us this is a sign of strength, but from where I'm sitting, this looks a lot more like weakness. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the show. So we're going to focus again on the turmoil, on the infighting within the Conservative Party of Canada today. The latest news is that Aaron O'Toole has ejected Senator Batters from caucus over the leadership review petition. So as you know, Senator Denise Batters, who is the senator, Conservative Senator from Saskatchewan, she was appointed by Stephen Harper, and she called for a review of the leadership of Aaron O'Toole, and her position is completely valid. So typically there would be a leadership review following an unsuccessful election. She points out she was on the Andrew Lawton show yesterday and she pointed out that typically it would happen six months after a conservative election loss. So it happened with Stephen Harper and it would have happened with Andrew Scheer had Andrew Scheer not decided to resign before then. So she's sort of just saying this is a typical process. She's not calling for Aaron O'Toole to be replaced. She's only calling for him to be reviewed by the members. This is scheduled to happen as it is, but as it's scheduled, it won't happen until 2023, which is a long time away. So if you think about Justin Trudeau and his ability to call an election when he wants, now hopefully Justin Trudeau will have learned his lesson and not do that again. But theoretically, he could prompt another election. During the last election, he said that it could happen anywhere within 18 months to two years. And so if you think about that timeline, by 2023, uh, say, say that there is a leadership review at that time, say the Conservative members say, no, we don't like Aaron O'Toole, we don't want him as our leader anymore. And all of a sudden that sparks another leadership review. It's, it's possible that Trudeau will wait until the exact moment where the Conservative Party has a brand new leader that no one's ever heard of or hasn't been out in the public, hasn't had the opportunity to uh, sort of hone their skills as leader of the party, Trudeau launches another election campaign and we could be stuck in the same situation. So, so you know, this is all just sort of a process. So, but it's like, why wait until 2023? The election just happened. Why not let the members have their say right now? It's, it's, it's completely reasonable. Batters, is, again, is eminently reasonable in this point. And it, instead of sort of engaging with her or allowing this petition uh, to go and see, see what happens, uh, Aaron O'Toole basically, you know, within 24 hours of the senator launching this petition, he said enough is enough and booted her out of the Conservative caucus. So, so Senator Batters is no longer part of the Conservative caucus. Aaron O'Toole said this in a statement, as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, I will not tolerate an individual discrediting and showing a clear lack of respect towards the efforts of the entire Conservative caucus who are holding the corrupt and disastrous Trudeau government to account. Just eight weeks ago, Canadians elected Conservatives to hold Justin Trudeau accountable for his economic management and fight the cost of living crisis, skyrocketing inflation, and supply chain issues that are crippling businesses. That is our focus as a team. So uh, supposedly, again, you know, you see a lot of people on social media, a lot of the people who support Aaron O'Toole, you know, most of the people who are, are part of his payroll, that, that, that's basically Aaron O'Toole's base right now, are the people who get paid um, to work for him. But, but, but those people are all celebrating this as a sign of strength, saying that Aaron O'Toole will not tolerate uh, any dissent from his party. And, and then that's supposed to make us what, like him even more. S Senator Batters, though, is fighting back. She's continuing to push on her petition because she wants the members to be able to have a say. And she wrote this on Twitter, pretty, pretty shocking stuff. She says, tonight, Aaron O'Toole tried to silence me for giving our conservative members a voice. I will not be silenced by a leader so weak that he fired me via voicemail. <laughs> Most importantly, he cannot suppress the will of our conservative party members sign the petition. So so apparently, according to Denise Batters, Aaron O'Toole 
let her know that he that he was firing her, telling her that she was not part of the Conservative caucus anymore. He did it via voicemail. So, so, so rather than trying to schedule a meeting with her to let her know face to face that he was going to kick her out of caucus, rather than making sure that he got her on the phone, you know, talking to her assistant, making sure that she picked up the phone, uh, was part of her schedule that they could actually have a conversation. No, instead, he just left her voicemail, which again is the most passive, weak thing to do. It's like it's like you, you can't even face someone who, who is criticizing you. So you kick them out of your party and you don't even have the courage to do it to their face. So you leave it in a voicemail, which is a one-way form of communication. So you don't give Diddy Spatters any opportunity um, to speak back to you. That, that, that to me is incredibly, incredibly weak. Uh, but again, uh, the people around Aaron O'Toole, the sycophants, are, are cheering him on and, you know, saying that, 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 that somehow this is a sign of strength. So here are the people who are defending Aaron O'Toole. This is his chief of staff, Dan Robertson. He writes this. Do not underestimate Aaron O'Toole. Uh, what like so? So again, this is supposed to be some kind of huge like power move and, and a sign of strength. Again, the the criticisms from Denise Batters uh, were more on the process side. Again, she was talking about how do members deserve to have a say. Uh, sooner rather than later, because if we wait for later and it turns out the members don't like Aaron O'Toole, don't like the direction that he's taking the party, uh, it leaves us really vulnerable to having a brand new leader right when Justin Trudeau could trigger an election. So saying let's do it sooner rather than later. And then of course she does have some substantive valid criticisms, the same kind of stuff we've been talking about here on The Candace Malcolm Show about how Aaron O'Toole presented himself one way during the leadership. He claimed to be a common sense, authentic, true blue conservative. And then of course during the election campaign, he was absolutely anything but and, tr and tried to mimic Justin Trudeau as much as possible in terms of his policies and in terms of where he stood on issues. So there was substantive criticism. There was also process criticism. And the fact that Aaron O'Toole just didn't want any of it uh, kicked him out. That, and, and then here you have Dan Robertson saying, so do not underestimate Aaron O'Toole again, just sort of like applauding him for this move and m maybe a warning sign to other conservatives, uh, you know, don't come out against Aaron O'Toole or he'll kick you out of the party. More people defending Aaron O'Toole, Senator Don Plett, who is the leader of the conservatives in the Senate, he tweeted this, tonight Aaron O'Toole has made the decision to remove Senator Denise Batters from the National Caucus. As always, I continue to support Aaron O'Toole's strong and principled leadership to unite the Conservative Party of Canada. Again, strange take because I don't know how this unites people. Presumably Denise Batters is not on her own here. She's not acting out of turn. She has a constituency. She has a large base of people who support her. I know she's a senator, so she's not elected. She doesn't have constituents per se, but she has a group of supporters. She, she told Andrew Lawton on the show yesterday that she had uh, almost 2,000 signatures already in just one day after launching this petition. We, we, we are told that there are other MPs and caucus members who are going to come out in support of this caucus. And, you know, just, just as someone who observes federal politics, as someone who follows this stuff pretty closely, uh, Denise Batters is one of the more active conservative senators. She's very active on social media. She's involved in a lot of issues. She's very vocal. She seems to be very well liked among her colleagues. She's she's sort of part of the in crowd of conservative um, MPs and senators. And so the idea that that kicking her out somehow unites the Conservative Party of Canada, I, I'm confused. I don't really understand how kicking out a critic unites people. Because because from where I'm standing, again, it looks more like you're alienating more people. You're upsetting more people. A lot of people want to have a say over whether or not Aaron O'Toole should continue to lead this party. Given that he has had such a drastic change in the direction that he's taking the party, why why would kicking somebody out who's just voicing the, 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 the feelings and sentiment that exists among a large part of the conservative base, I, I'm assuming it's a large part because of the number of people who I've 
talked to and heard from who are saying the exact same things that Denise Batters is saying. Uh, it, the sentiment is out there. So, you know, you can you can knock people off. You can kick Bert Chan, the national counselor who launched his own position. He's gone. You can kick out Denise Batters, but you're not doing anything to address the dissent that exists. In fact, when you kick out people who are trying to speak out and blow the whistle, you make those dissenters angrier. You make people feel less connected and less like they have a say. Again, this is not strength. This is showing how out of control the party is and how incapable Aaron O'Toole is at managing it. Uh, next, we hear from Rob Batherson, who apparently is the president of the Conservative Party of Canada. I've never heard of this guy before in my life, but he says this. I am shocked that nobody wants to talk to me about Aaron O'Toole's BC tour, Pierre Polyev's fight against inflation, Michelle Rumpel's standing up for Canada's energy sector, or Eric Duncan's holding the Liberals accountable to end the blood ban smiley face. So, so I guess what he's trying to say here is that the Conservative MPs are out doing all of this amazing stuff to save Canada and to fight back against Justin Trudeau, and instead the media focuses on infighting. Look, I'm probably one of the most critical people of the media out in the country, and when, when it comes to this stuff, I mean, give me a break. Aaron O'Toole's BC tour. The fact that no one's covering Aaron O'Toole's BC tour is because it's not really newsworthy. Like we, I looked at his itinerary and I'll, I'll tell you what he did when he's in BC. So he's out in Vancouver Island and this is what he did according to his Twitter profile. He took a picture with the Terry Fox statue on November 15th. He met with the Greater Victoria Chamber of Commerce. He met with the BC Urban Mayor's Caucus and he tweeted about the flooding in British Columbia. Okay, so so just kind of normal politician stuff. This isn't really like groundbreaking, like look at how Aaron O'Toole is saving the country. He's out in BC doing all this amazing stuff. It's like, he's just out there glad-handing, trying to network, trying to build up his own popularity among other politicians. I mean, you can hardly blame the media for not covering this stuff. I mean, it's not exactly riveting stuff as far as Pierre Polyev's fight against inflation. I completely agree Pierre does a very good job addressing this issue by discussing the problem. He's very articulate at understanding what the problem is and explaining it in a way to help people understand how it's connected to the Trudeau government's fiscal policies. But when it comes to inflation in general, it's not Pierre Polyev's job to articulate what the Conservative Party would do differently. It, that's Aaron O'Toole's job. So Pierre explains the problems, but then when it comes to a solution, that still falls to the feet of Aaron O'Toole and his position on inflation, his position on spending, on, on deficit spending, on monetary policy, it, it really isn't that much different than Justin Trudeau. And this is part of the problem. This is why Aaron O'Toole has alienated so many people in the conservative base, because during the last election, he talked about continuing wanting to uh, spend like there's no tomorrow to carry out Justin Trudeau's COVID relief spending. And he didn't really have concrete plans for reigning in spending or, or how he would do it. That wasn't what he was about. So, so the idea that somehow Aaron O'Toole would be like totally different than Justin Trudeau when it comes to spending and inflation, well, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. And, and so that's why maybe people aren't excited about the conservatives on a fiscal perspective, because it's like their policies aren't that different from the liberals. And then when it comes to Michelle Rumpel standing up for the energy sector, we know from that Facebook Live video where Michelle Rumpel was complaining about how Denise Batters ruined her week because she had all these meetings planned and all these media appearances planned, and then the media wanted to cover the infighting instead, and she was complaining about that. Uh, you know, we know that she's out there making deals and stuff, but again, the Liberals have been in power for five years. During those five years, the West, Western Canada, and specifically the energy sector, 
have been a punching bag for the Trudeau Liberals. And I'm sorry to say, but I don't really know what the Conservatives are doing to change that or to make that different. It's not like they've assembled some huge coalition of Western Canadian leaders and oil sands leaders and people to fight back against Trudeau. They're just, again, kind of out there glad handing and giving speeches and lots and lots of rhetoric, uh, but very few solutions. And when it comes to the actual policy of Aaron O'Toole again, He's for carbon tax. So the idea that somehow Aaron O'Toole is substantially different than Justin Trudeau when it comes to the cost of living stuff, when it comes to inflation stuff, even when it comes to the oil sector in Western Canada, I'm sorry, but just because you're out there criticizing Trudeau doesn't mean you're actually doing something. When it comes to the substance, I don't see a lot of difference. And then as far as Eric Duncan holding the Liberals accountable to end the bloodbath, I don't know how you know, naming the top four priorities of the conservative opposition, that this would even be in the top four. I mean, to me, it sort of shows how out of touch the conservatives are, that out of touch this elite conservative. I mean, mean, look at this guy. He's the president of the conservative party. He's, He's from Nova Scotia, and he's got his pronouns in his bio. The only people I know who put their pronouns in their bios are like the most extreme social justice left wing people. So I don't really know who this guy is trying to appeal to. I don't really understand why this is one of the priorities of the party but regardless this this party is so out of touch and i want to just show you this one response again i'm really not one to defend the legacy media but this is pretty spot on this is david akin the bureau chief over at global news he says this no one in the opposition leader's office comm shop is a responding to our queries or b told us o'toole was going to be c also check your dms rob because we've been trying to reach you too Pierre and Michelle, on the other hand, run their own comms, and we've been talking lots about both of them. So sick burn from David Aiken over at Global News, because here you have a conservative guy complaining that the media is not covering all this important stuff he's doing. Um, Meantime, it turns out that the guy doesn't even respond to emails. Uh, What an amateur joke this conservative party is looking like from the outside here. And lots of people rightfully critiquing Aaron O'Toole for this weird show. So our friend JJ McCuller, YouTuber and a Washington Post columnist says first, you cannot just purge and silence people who have different opinions, Mr. O'Toole. And then he goes on to say, you know, at the end of the day, the Conservative Party of Canada only really has one job, and it's nominating a leader who can get elected prime minister. If the party has failed to do this, and they have, then they have to resolve this glaring problem before anything else. Very, very good point. JJ, uh, Sheila Gunry, the Alberta Bureau Chief over at Rebel News, likewise makes a great point. She says this, self-admiring yet failed leader who can't seem to handle any sort of criticism, fires a woman for standing up to him, could be Trudeau. Today it's Aaron O'Toole. What an absolute disgrace. My colleague Andrew Lawton makes a great point as well. He says in 2017, Andrew Scheer appointed almost every one of his leadership opponents to his shadow cabinet. Of Aaron O'Toole's three leadership opponents, one was kicked from caucus, that's Derek Sloan, one was discouraged from running, that was Peter McKay, and one was elected to the House of Commons but was snubbed from the shadow cabinet, that was Leslie Lewis. So again, we're, we're told that, that this is all a great sign of strength from Aaron O'Toole, um, but he's really alienating a lot of people around him. And so all of this just sort of makes me wonder about Aaron O'Toole. Like, what at this point, what exactly is his base? Okay, when you think of the base of the Conservative Party, you sort of have the social and moral conservatives. They live uh, across the country, more in the suburbs. You have the fiscal conservatives and the libertarians. You have the sort of Western Canada bloc who who just wants um, democratic reform and they want more uh, autonomy for places like Alberta and Saskatchewan. And then you have the sort of uh, downtown urban uh, type Tories, red Tory crowd. And so if, if you go through each of these 
groups. You, you see how they're alienated. Uh, what is Aaron O'Toole trying to do to appease social conservatives? I don't know. The thing that he seemed most excited about during the election, the thing he was most passionate about at times, seemed to be how he was talking about how he was a pro-choice liberal just like Justin Trudeau. So I don't really see him gaining ground or holding that SOCON base. Uh, when it comes to libertarians and fiscal conservatives, as I said, uh, Aaron O'Toole is planning to run deficits and spend just as much as Justin Trudeau. And when it comes to civil liberties and the libertarians, I mean, he made it pretty clear that he didn't want anything to do with people who opposed vaccines. And he was more than pushing them over to Maxime Bernier's camp. But then when it comes to red Tories and the more traditional progressive conservative voters, uh, well, first of all, he pushed Peter McKay basically out of the party and said that he didn't want anything to do with them. They had a weird petty squabble during the leadership race where they were suing each other. But then also Denise Batters, she comes from that sort of red Tory camp. She was a progressive conservative before the parties aligned, and she supported Peter McKay in the last election. So it's not like Denise Batters is some far-right kook. She's actually part of the progressive wing of the party. And so again, it, you know, it's just so it's so weird for them to be pushing her out, pushing out a strong woman, pushing out someone who is part of that group. It, it doesn't really resonate. And so we're kind of left looking at the party and, and wondering, like, what is Aaron O'Toole's constituents? What kind of conservative is he? It's hard to tell because he's flip-flopped so much, we don't really know what he stands for. But also, I don't really know at this point what part of the party is there to support him. And I think that that is the reason why he's so worried about facing the base, facing the members. He doesn't want a leadership review because he probably doesn't have their support, or at least it's hard to see at this point how he possibly could. And I, I think that is the reason why he's so afraid to face the members, face the base. He doesn't want a leadership review because he's alienated so many different parts of the party. It's hard to it's hard to imagine that he still has uh, the support of the critical mass of conservative members after the way that he has treated so many different people. That's the real reason why he doesn't want to face leadership review. That's why he's acting out and kicking anyone who disagrees with him out of caucus. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's going to last. I don't think things are looking good for Aaron O'Toole as leader of the conservative party. I'm Kenneth Malcolm. And this is The Kenneth Malcolm Show.